Hello and welcome back to livealittlehigher.com. In the discourse given by Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson of Lubavitch called the Victory of Light, which he gave on the Shabbat of Hanukkah of the year 1977, he explains uh, the situation of what happened in the times of the Maccabees and he says that the Greeks and the Jews could have very well get, gotten along. Uh, it was fine, they had no problem with the Jews, not different as the story of Purim with Haman and Ahasuerosh, they wanted to eradicate the Jew. In Hanukkah, the, the Greeks or the Roman Greek Empire didn't want to eradicate the Jew itself, the body of the Jew. They had no problem having Jews in their life. The problem they had was with the ways they lived. And they were fine with it. They had no problem if they learned Torah. They had no problem if they kept mitzvahs. The problem they had with them was that for the Jew, they kept the Torah because this is what Hashem wanted from them. And the Greeks could not understand this concept that a, Jew, that a human being would do something just because this is what Hashem wants. For them, their intelligence came up to their mind and they thought that there was nothing more than their mind. They thought like anything, everything had to be rational and understood by the mind. Whatever became supra-rational, they could not uh, come to, to understand. So they saw the mitzvahs, of most of them, as sensible and meaningful. They had no problem with this. And they could agree with the logical mitzvot, like we have the mishpatim, which are the mitzvot in which we don't kill, we don't steal, we honor our parents. All these things were logical to them. They even thought they were the right thing to do. Uh, feed the poor. Uh, all these things, they had no problem with this and they also understood the holidays as something that it was traditional that they kept. And they, they could have been great friends, they had no problem with this. So what was the problem with them? And the problem was that they, they, the Jews insisted in keeping the mitzvot and the senseless laws as the Greeks would see them, like for example Shatnes, which these are called the Hukim, the Hawk, uh, which are supra-rational laws and shatness, for example, is that a person should not wear a garment that is mixed with wood and linen. Why? We don't know, because God says you should not wear a garment that has wool and linen in it. And for them this was senseless. Also the laws of, of family purity, that a woman had to go to the mikvah and get cleansed, they could not understand this. Circumcision, they could not understand this. So for them, these concepts were anything that went above their heads, for them it was something that, um, that threatened their own identity. And that's why they started fighting all these laws at the beginning. Uh, it was uh, slowly, 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 uh, they would allow them to pray, they would allow them to keep the mitzvahs, but they couldn't do this, they couldn't do that, and at the end, they wouldn't allow them to do anything. They, wouldn't, they weren't even able to pray anymore. And uh, to understand a little bit the context of what was going on in this time in history, the Hellenistic movement was about beauty and about the body and everything was about the body. If you know uh, history, the Olympic Games come from this time and uh, this was something very big in, in, in Greece. And the Jews slowly but surely began to assimilate into the Greek culture and start, started adopting 
all these uh, Hellenistic uh, activities and incorporating them to their lives. Uh, and I'm not going to go into this because this is not part of the class, but it's important to understand what was going on at that time. So for us, the Torah is a book that contains divine light that uh, transcends all we know. We don't keep Torah and mitzvot, not even the mishpatin and the idot, which are the holidays, the things that are rational, that can be understood, that can come up. Even a, a, a non-religious or a civilization would come up with this uh, laws of decency. But for the Jew, we don't keep them because of that. We keep them because this is Hashem's Torah and we keep Hashem's Torah. We don't kill because Hashem says you shall not kill. Obviously, it's not something that it's good to do, but we don't do it because it's not good. We do it because this is what Hashem wants from us. So for the Greeks, they could just not accept this because God said so without, uh, without seeking any rational justification. They needed the rational. So later on, they realized that the Jew keeps the whole Torah, uh, even the rational mishpatim, the mishpatim and the dut, the civil laws, and the testimonial laws because it's God's will and uh, the Jew goes on a step higher he transcends this world he's not in this world in the finitude of this world they transcend it into the infinite and ultimately the Greek couldn't understand the Jew and to the Greek there would be nothing higher than his own mind so the the persecutions began and a war uh, started on holiness and it was a war about, it's a, it was a holy war. It was about uh, killing God. That's what they wanted. So to destroy Judaism, it was a spiritual war. So they went after the oil. And what does the oil mean? What does the oil represent? They went into the holy temple and they desecrated all the jars of oil that were used to, um, to light the menorah. And there was one jar that uh, when the Maccabees came into the Holy Temple, they found this jar which, which uh, had the seal of the high priest, which was not contaminated. And with this one, they lit the menorah and the oil that should have lasted for, eight day, for one day lasted eight days. And this is the miracle of Hanukkah. And this is why the sages instituted that from then on, every year, Jewish people all around the world lighter menorahs um, for eight days. So every enemy goes after the life force of the, of the opponent. One, if you're going to fight a war in a certain place, like you, you contaminate their water, you contaminate their food source. But the Greeks, they contaminated the oil. And what is the oil? So this, the oil really is the secret of the Jew. And the, and, the, and the Jew is like the oil. The oil is a it's a substance that doesn't mix with anything else. Like if you put it in water, you'll see that the oil will always be on top. It will never mix with any other liquid. So the Jew in his essence is like this. We don't mix. We keep to ourselves. We keep to our mitzvot. We keep to who we are and we don't mix. So this is why they went after the oil. And sadly today, Nothing has changed. Throughout the ages, the Jewish people have been uh, persecuted and um, mistreated and, uh, and anti-Semitism and Nazi uh, Holocaust, all these things. But in reality, the worst enemy of the Jew is not the, when they want to kill us physically, is when they want to kill us spiritually. And sometimes, 
our own selves are trying to kill ourselves in a spiritual way. So the, the Greeks wanted to assimilate the Jew into their culture, which is much worse than to kill a Jew in, a, in, in, in his physical way. So how do we fight this enemy, which is not only in the outside of the world, it's also inside of us, because like a Maccabee, we have to be resilient, we have to do self-sacrifice, and this is the only way that we can fight this force. And Matis Yahu and his sons were weak and few, but fought a, a war and they won the strong and the, and the many, inspiring other Jews to fight for Judaism. So the battle with the spiritual Greek uh, really is a battle of the material world, and the material world is not that it's something bad and we have to run away from it, but our job as Jews is to take the material world and elevate it to spirituality. Food, for example, which is material, we use it to eat, to have energy, to be able to fulfill Torah and mitzvot. We clothe ourselves. How do we dress? We dress in a proper way, in our Jewish way, in the way that Hashem wants us to dress. We, we work. Why do we work? Is it only to make money, make money, make money, more money, more money? No, we work so we can have a proper Jewish lifestyle. We can buy kosher food. We can give sedaka. We can give our kids Jewish education. So when we use the material world for spiritual pursuits, then we are doing what is uh, expected of us. But when we use the material world just for pleasure and self-gratification, this, this is the antithesis to holiness. This is completely the opposite to ho holiness and this is the opposite for what a Jew should be in this world. The way in which we do this is with resilience. We see through the ages that Jewish people have been able to survive because they, they get up, they clean themselves and they continue. You see people from the Holocaust that they lost everything and they come out of it and they get married again and they have new families and you ask them, how did you do this? How were you able to do this? And they say, because uh, this is the way we should live. This is what we should do. We should continue. We cannot give um, the, 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 the pleasure to the other people that try to, to finish us and, and give them the pleasure of seeing that we were uh, finished. No, we're not going to give them that pleasure, we'll continue. And we'll continue building families, and we'll continue building synagogues, and we'll continue building Jewish schools, and giving tzedakah, and doing everything that a Jew should do. So, the resilience transcends ration, the rational mind, and it gives it strength to give up his life instead of bowing down to a false god. So this is how, what has saved us in our lifetime, and this comes from a very deep place from the oil, the essence of a Jew, because that's what the oil is. The oil is the Yehida, the, that part of the soul of a Jew that is never tainted, that is always connected to Hashem and that knows who he is. That no matter what happens in this world, that part of us is always pure as the olive oil or that was not uh, contaminated in the temple. It has a seal. So when we're able to connect to that part of us, and especially in times of persecution, that's when it comes to, to, to flourish. When a Jew is attacked, that, that's the part that he feels the most, is his essence. Then that resilience that he gains is what will allow him to survive. So, survive. so bring the, that whole idea of Hanukkah is to bring light into darkness uh, with one course of oil. 
uh, which is the core of the Jewish soul, the Yehida, which doesn't mix. And we, the Yehida, is, um, is uh, awakened uh, by the enemy, and the enemy cannot compete with us. If, even more, it is transformed, the ego is transformed by metamorphosis when it starts yearning to do a mitzvah. So you see it very much in, um, in, in uh, college campuses nowadays when Jewish secular kids are in, this, in these campuses and suddenly they, began, they start attacking them because they're Jewish and suddenly this part of them starts flourishing out that part, their Jewish soul starts coming out and they become very strong in their identity and they fight for their, for their values and for their religion. So the menorah during the times of the temple was lit during the day and it had seven branches and it was lit inside of the temple. And this menorah represented the seven days of the week, it represented the, the material realm, the, the world in itself, it, it, that's what it represented. And it was there to illuminate the world, like the light of the menorah came out to the world in a way in which it revealed the presence of Hashem. The Hanukkah menorah, on the other hand, is lit after sundown, it has eight branches and we light it for eight nights and should be lit outside of the home. Like in the olden days, it was lit outside of the home. Nowadays, we light it in a, near a window so the light will shine outside. So the people that are, come, are passing by the house can see the menorah. If you go to Jerusalem, you're going to see them outside of the homes in these um, glass containers. And, um, and this one is to reveal, it is to bring light into the darkness of the spiritual exile. So the menorah that we light on Hanukkah, the intention is to bring light to the darkness of the world, accessing the infinite essence. So the number eight means infinity. It's because the Greeks were fighting against our transcendence and our way to connect to God and to, that we do things out of suprarational, uh, in a suprarational way and not with an intelligence or a or, a, or a, in, in understanding what we do, we do it because this is what Hashem wants from us, and this is connected to the infinite, to number eight, and it transcends. And the limitation of creation is represented in number seven, uh, which is limited to what we have here, what we can see, what we can understand, what we can um, grasp, and th that's the difference between the menorah of the temple and the menorah that we light for Hanukkah. So the infinite light has the power to subdue and transform the darkness. And, and, um, and, uh, and this is the timeless message of Hanukkah, that living at a time of spiritual darkness, like we've lived in all generations, including this generation in which we are right now, where it's very, very dark, Hanukkah tells us that, dark, that the darkness has a purpose in itself, and that it's the unnatural condition that exists to awaken our infinite essence. So this darkness, which is the uh, galut, which is the exile in which we're right now, really has a purpose. It's not senseless. It's there to awaken in us that pure oil that we have inside of us, which is our yahida, which is the, 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 that part of our soul, which is 100% godly and connected to Hashem. And the darkness will be transformed 
into light through our mitzvahs. And this is why it's so important, and this is what the Greeks wanted to finish, the Jewish not doing mitzvot. Why? Because the mitzvot we did because we transcended, we do them because Hashem wants to. But by doing the mitzvahs, that's exactly what we're doing. We're telling Hashem, we believe in you and we're here for you. No matter how dark it is, we are here to bring light to the world. And a Jew is a lamplighter. We're here to bring light to the world. That's like a menorah. The whole year, every day of our lives, from the day we're born till the day we die, we're here to bring light to the world, to illuminate the darkness of this world. And every time we do a mitzvah, this is exactly what we're doing. We're bringing light. And Maimonides says that the power of a mitzvah can tip the scales and bring redemption to the world. So it doesn't matter who does it. Everybody's here working for the same boss. If, if, if a person is kind and he does a mitzvah, goes and, and gives tzedakah to a poor person, even if he's not a religious Jew, he's doing a mitzvah. And we don't know who's going to tip the scales, who's going to bring the redemption. So we have to really get working and everybody should do as many mitzvahs as they can because this really connects us to our essence, to that pure oil that we are and that allows us to be separate from this reality of Galut, it puts us on a higher level because we transcend, so we're not bounded by the creation and by the limitations of the seven days. But on the other hand, we transcend and we transform the, the darkness into light. And the eight lights of Hanukkah, they are a foretaste of the times of Messiah, and that's why when we light the menorah, it, it is a commandment that we should sit and look at these lights. Because these lights that are in the menorah are really that primordial light that Hashem created on the first day of creation. That it was such a light that people could see from one corner of the world to the other corner of the world. This light he had to put away. Put it for the time of Mashiach because the world was not ready for it. So this light is put away for when Mashiach comes. But the lights of the menorah, when we light the menorah, we get a glimpse of this light. And when we sit down and we look at them, then we, we get this chokmah, this wisdom inside of us of why we're here, what's our purpose, and what's the whole idea of transforming darkness into light and uh, be able to have this vision of the redemption. So I want to wish you a happy Hanukkah, that the light of Hanukkah transforms it into you and to everything that's around you, that we should shine always, bringing this light into the world, and God willing, with Mashiach soon. So I wish you a beautiful, beautiful Hanukkah. And live a little higher. Thank you.